You're listening to the Liberty News Radio Network, and this is the Political Cesspool. The Political Cesspool, known across the South and worldwide as the South's foremost populist conservative radio program, and here to guide you through the murky waters of the Political Cesspool is your host, James Edwards. I feel almost like Blackbeard tonight, rifling through one treasure to the next as we go from Sam Dixon in the first hour, an all-time favorite, to another all-time favorite, Virginia Abernathy. Dr. Virginia Abernathy, this Saturday evening, September the 2nd, and she's going to be on with us this evening to share just a little bit just to tease the forthcoming publication of her autobiography, Born Abroad, A Patriot's Tale of Choice and Chance. Uh, And then from there, we will move on to some of her observations and some of her research about the direction in which the country is heading. Of course, as you know, uh, Dr. Abernathy, the author of several books that we have promoted on this program over the years, uh, one of which we've used as a fundraising incentive uh, to the delight of our audience. She is an emeritus professor of psychiatry and anthropology at Vanderbilt University School of Medicine with a Ph.D. from Harvard University. Uh, but more importantly than that, I'm proud back, of... Back in the good old days when a Harvard degree meant something. <laughs> it still means something, but I don't know. But I'll tell you what. You know, that's actually something I hope she shares in her autobiography. After all these years, I was going to say more importantly to me than all of that is the fact that I knew Virginia. I, I Perhaps I'm too familiar. Dr. Abernathy, uh, back in the Buchanan campaign of 2000 was when we first met four years even before this show. Uh, and I love her dearly. Uh, Virginia, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, James, and I think you are, too, just from that opener. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. I always have high energy on any uh, broadcast uh, in which you appear. And you actually have a little bit of uh, program history under your belt, not just for all the years we've known each other. You're one of the very few that I knew before I started the show. That's one thing. But uh, even though you weren't our first guest of all time, you were the first guest that ever was archived. Uh, so for the first few months, we didn't have broadcast archives. I guess I didn't know if we were going to make it or not. And then once we you know, sort of started to catch on, we implemented the archives. If you weren't listening live, you could listen after the fact. And you were the first guest to ever be archived. So there you have it, uh, ladies and gentlemen, a little piece of TPC trivia and history that belongs to our featured guest tonight. Well, welcome back, my friend. And let's talk about this. I'm excited. It hasn't come out yet, so we're just going to tease it. We're going to have you back for a full hour when it's available for purchase. But tell us a little bit about Born Abroad, your autobiography. It's coming out soon. Well, I was born in Cuba. My father was with an oil company. But I don't mind if people want to use two meanings for my title, Born Abroad. I'm not a big fan of some of the modern a gender change, and so I don't mind saying I was born female, still am, and that's, uh, <laughs> and that was 88 years ago, so uh, I'm so happy to be on your program again, James. You have more energy at 88 than I do at 43, I can tell you. I was up on that (laughs) picturesque, idyllic mountaintop home of yours uh, a couple of years ago. We had lunch together, or dinner as they call it in the South, and uh, just a wonderful time. It's always great to see you and to talk to you. Anyway, we've said that enough already, but it is true, and I want to uh, emphasize the fact. But yes, tell us a little bit more what's going to be found. And again, 
We just want to tease it because we're going to have you on for a full hour uh, when it is officially published. It is almost there. When is the publication date, by the way? Oh, I'm not sure. I'd tell you if I knew, but it's soon. <laughs> um, and um, I can go through a whole lot of different stages and places. Uh, uh, Wyoming was one of the big ones and uh, up to Boston several times. And now in 1975, back to Tennessee, which is my longtime home. And, of course, I love it, and I, I'm so at home here. I just love it. Love you. Love all of the, the people I meet through you. And um, where I end up in my book is that after uh, quite a lot of, of argument um, with professional uh, people who do not agree with me, and they've come around, the, the public has come around to agreeing with my positions. But um, my main concern now is that we're losing our liberty. We're losing our republic. The Constitution doesn't mean what it should mean, what it used to mean. I'm a big fan of original interpretations of the Constitution, uh, such as we have now for a time being, um, a majority on the Supreme Court. But that doesn't quite cut it yet because we've got a bureaucratic state um, in Washington, D.C., and the bureaucracy is running us, trying to run us, so that we're losing our liberty. And I'm very worried about that. I say resist. So that's my message, resist. Elizabeth, this is Keith Alexander. Or Virginia, excuse me. Right, but both she's a queen nonetheless. But yeah, right. <laughs> who are you talking to? All right, no, this is Keith. Let me say this: we were talking with Sam Dixon in the first hour about how all civility, propriety, decorum in political matters seems to have gone uh, the way of the wild goose. It's no longer, uh, you know, every it's all bare knuckles. There's no marquee to Queensberry rules anymore. Uh, what? You know, is there any use for us on the right to try to adhere to standards that we know our opponents will not adhere to? Uh, is I that think just that's a play? very, very valid. It's very hard to know that you're being lied to and not lie back. It's very hard to be abused and not abuse back. It's a big, big dilemma. Um, I call for resistance, and everybody is going to have to just decide uh, how far their resistance goes when they know that the other side is not paying fairly or honestly. Exactly. That is a key, and we were actually saying that in the first hour with Sam, but we've said that for so many years here, if you come in with a sense of fair play against people who are bare-knuckle brawlers, you're going to lose every time. And here, and Virginia, this is why I'm so fascinated about your autobiography, and I can't wait to get my hands on can't wait to have you back on. We're going to transition after this first break into to, uh, more contemporary topics, but... You mentioned your age. I'm the oldest 43-year-old on the planet. You're the youngest 88-year-old. In 88 years, you've seen a lot. You've seen a lot of change, and I can't wait to find out where you think this whole thing is headed Uh, and, of course, to read about it in the book but also hear more about it as the hour continues. But, I mean, have you ever – did you ever think we'd be in this situation? Yeah, here in America. I mean, you've seen a lot. I mean, going 88 years, a lot, lot's happened. I mean, that was, you know, World War II. I'm stunned. I'm stunned at the situation we are in. It's the first time ever that we haven't had um, a transition 
in administrations where uh, the former leader um, was being criminally charged with something that could potentially land him in jail. This is like a third world country. Mm-hmm. I never thought we could descend to this. I never thought we could descend to it. And and that's why the people that I know um, are so torn about what they're going to do next. We want to win in the next election. We're not sure if the next election is going to be honest or not. Um, it, it's a great, great puzzle, great dilemma. We'll take a break right there, ladies and gentlemen. We have the one and only... The venerable, the esteemed Dr. Virginia Abernathy with us for the full second hour tonight. And uh, we are looking forward to hearing her thoughts and reflections as we move forward into very uncertain times. Stay tuned. The spirit of the American West is live and well in Range Magazine, the award-winning quarterly devoted to the issues affecting the American West. Each issue contains informative articles, breathtaking imagery, as well as the culture of cowboy spirit today, and gift ideas like the 2021 Real Buckaroo Calendar. Order online from rangemagazine.com. Loving Liberty Network salutes the spirit of the American West at rangemagazine.com. Well, my mom smokes and my dad smokes, and I saw them smoking, so I tried it. They're telling me not to smoke, but they smoke themselves. When it comes to smoking, are you sending mixed signals? But when you teach someone a certain way to do things, and you go back on that certain way, it sends mixed signals to the person that they're trying to teach. The parents need to be the example. Smoking. If you think you're old enough to start, you're smart enough to stop. A public service message from this station and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Hello, TPC family. It's James, and I've got to tell you that I sleep better at night knowing that there are organizations like the Conservative Citizens Foundation. The purpose of the Conservative Citizens Foundation is to promote the principles of limited government, individual liberty, equality before the law, property rights, law and order, judicial restraint, and states' rights, while at the same time exploring the dangers posed by liberalism to our national interests and cultural institutions. The Conservative Citizens Foundation also seeks to educate the public on the dangers of extremist ideologies like critical race theory and cultural Marxism. I've worked with the good people at the Conservative Citizens Foundation for many years, and their work comes with my complete endorsement. For more information and to keep up with all the latest conservative news headlines, please check out their website, americafirst.com. That's M-E-R-I-C-A-1-S-T dot com, americafirst.com. I reinstated a policy first put in place by President Ronald Reagan, the Mexico City policy. I strongly supported the House of Representatives' pain-capable bill, which would end painful late-term abortions nationwide. And I call upon the Senate to pass this important law and send it to my desk for signing. We are protecting the sanctity of life and the family as the foundation of our society. And most importantly of all, it is the gift of life itself. That is why we march. That is why we pray. And that is why we declare that America's future will be filled with goodness, peace, joy, dignity, and life for every child of God. 
Well, are you, are you, yeah, am I on the air now? <laughs> We're about to be. Gang, call us toll free at 1-866-986-6397. And now back to tonight's show. That's wonderful. All right, well, listen, uh, we, warts and all here at TPC, uh, as we, uh, listen, you know, our, we just heard a, a Trump ad from, I think, 2018 that got put back in the, to the computer system after the hurricane took out our Florida studio, which had been in control of our production the last couple of years. But we are happy to be with you. Sam Bushman, he said, listen, he told me what had happened. So the Florida studio is going to be out of commission for a couple of weeks. They don't have power. They don't have. I'm going to pound and what do you think sam bushman said do you think he's going to pound what he's going to pound some mountain dews is what he said he's going to get the, the network up and running before the show tonight and he did uh but the, the computer's still updating some of these classic ads it's good to hear him again i remember those good old days but nevertheless my heart explodes with affection and nostalgia every time i talk to dr virginia abernathy i can remember being with virginia in uh, the the summer of 2000 we'd be up in nashville for a buchanan for president reform party event there'd be 20 people there and uh, there she was i mean you were still in, in vanderbilt at that time you know very much in, in, in an official capacity not a, not emeritus if i'm if i'm not uh, misremembering and I, here i, here I was this, we were for Buchanan, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> I was an up and coming 19, 20 years old and uh, getting to know you. And I never, I, I will tell you this if somebody, and I can still remember all of the people who were there, I can still remember all of the principals. If somebody would have told me my 19 year old, 20 year old self in the year 2000, I turned 20 in June of 2000. You and I are sitting there talking. If somebody would have told me 23 years later uh, that I would have had this 20-year-old radio program and you and I would still be in cahoots, I would have uh, been incredulous. incredulous, But I'm thankful for it, and that's the way fate would have it. And I can't wait to, again, have you back on to talk about your autobiography, Born Abroad, Patriot's Tale of Choice and Chance will get to that when it becomes available, which is not very long from now. But let's talk about, as you put it in your email, to your email list uh, promoting tonight's appearance, the sad direction in which our country is headed. You said before the break, you never thought, I mean, who could have thought uh, that you would have the leading contender, the challenger, the former president, leading contender, uh, being you uh, being arrested and indicted all up and down the eastern seaboard by a weaponized Department of Justice. Uh, where are we going? Dr. Abernathy, I mean, and and is there a place, I asked this of Sam Dixon in the first hour, is there a point of no return for Trump voters, so-called, you know, let's just say conservatives, where they have reached their fill and they're not going to take it anymore? That's a question that concerns me, and I don't have an answer. And I don't know where it would lead if we get to a point where we think we can't take it anymore. But I want to make the point that what we have to do now is protect our children. Because that's where we what we want to do for the future. And it's our strength as well. It's our children and our kind of people are having children, which is also good news. But the one thing I'm going to bring up right now is the danger that our children face from all of the shots, the injections, the vaccines that are being forced on them. And I want to talk about the first one. So everybody out there who's pregnant or who has a daughter or granddaughter having a baby, beware. 
the first stop that they want to give that little tiny just born within 24 hours of birth baby is a shot against hepatitis B. Now, very few people are ever exposed to hepatitis B. It's only common in communities where there's a lot of unprotected promiscuous sex or IV drug use. That does not very describe... Very few babies indulge in that. Very few, and very few of our kind of people who are worried about the country and patriots indulge in that either. So those babies are not at risk, and that is a shot that every mother and father should refuse right at the front end to protect their baby. Now, <clears throat> the threat of that baby getting... <laughs> Hepatitis B is very small because of the community where they live. And the risks are not known. But some people say that the enormous increase in autism in our country is related to all of the shots that our children are being given. And we now have almost 35% of our children somewhere on the spectrum not full-fledged autism, but somewhere on the spectrum of autism where it used to be less than 1% of our school children. So now that I've been on the soapbox, James, warning people about the shots that are being forced on their children of all ages, but certainly starting with the day of birth, um, now I'm going to get off that soapbox and let you ask let you direct the conversation where you want to. Well, it's an important thing. I mean, there's so many things. What front do we choose to battle on? Because we're being assaulted on all sides. But this is, That's I actually it. saw something. We'll bring up COVID, I think, uh, because they're uh, apparently about to bring it back. There's the 2024 20, uh, election variant of COVID that's about to hit, they say, next month. Uh, so we'll talk about, or, or actually this month, now that we're in September, we'll talk about that. Uh, but um, with regards to the system i mean whether it be the medical system the judicial system a big pharma the school system uh, this is something that you had brought up the government's assertion that it has more rights than the parents whether it be in regards of uh, their medicinal health or their education that is true that's true they have asserted that and um, it all came to a head um, when um, the Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona, <clears throat> started it by asking the National School Board Association to write to the White House to complain about parents. And that would allow then the executive branch, the Biden administration, to come down hard on parents um, and even, as we know, they were at times called domestic terrorists. So here we have somebody in the executive branch, Miguel Cardona, trying to make it look as though the complaint comes from out the, the uh, education system and appealing to the executive to take action against parents. This is, this is an outrage. But what... I see as the larger picture is that we are skirting right on the fringe of a fascistic 
of fascism. And fascism is when the government tries to control uh, what is going on in the private sector, including businesses in the private sector, uh, community organizations in the private sector. We're right on the edge of that government control. And they do it through threats and they do it through subsidies. Show me the money. Um, and um, uh, I see that. It's, it's very frightening. Um, and uh, they ended up, as you know, calling parents domestic terrorists because they went to school board meetings and tried to ask yes. what was the curriculum to which well, their children whether, were being yeah, Because you had all of this hitting at once. Virginia, you had all of the COVID hysteria, and we'll get into that a little later on this hour, and I'll clarify my thoughts on that for everybody, but you had all of that hitting. At the same time, critical race theory was hitting. It was like a one-two punch that was going on on these little kids. I mean, little kids, not high school kids. I mean, not just, but also high school kids, but not just high school kids, K through 12. And you wrote this in your email uh, this week. From the early months of the Biden administration, parents were called domestic terrorists because they criticized local school board actions. Action unfolded with the Secretary of Education asking the National School Board to ask the executive branch for help in coping with disaffected parents. You go on from there. We'll talk about that. We'll continue this discussion with Dr. Virginia Abernathy next. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA News. I'm Jerry Barnash. President Biden was on the ground Saturday in Florida to visit with residents who suffered the historic damage from Hurricane Idalia. No winds this strong had hit this area in a hundred years. Pray God it'll be another hundred years before this happens again. Biden pledged the total support from the federal government for Floridians. Governor Ron DeSantis, a GOP presidential candidate, did not appear with Biden. The entertainment world is mourning the loss of Jimmy Buffett, known for the song Margaritaville. Buffett is also synonymous with the Key West mindset, as Mayor Terry Johnson told CNN. Uh, a laid-back atmosphere, sand and sun and flip-flops. And we were very sad to hear about his passing. Among the tributes come from Elton John, who called Buffett a, quote, unique and treasured entertainer. Buffett was 76. The New York City Police Department is using drones to assist in crime surveillance. This uh, program, uh, as it was announced uh, for this Labor Day weekend, is really a, a new and unprecedented uh, step. I mean, we're talking about noise complaints. We're not talking about, you know, missing fugitives where, where perhaps uh, civil liberty, uh, the balance between civil liberties uh, and, and surveillance might be skewed. We're talking about noise complaints. City Council Minority Leader Joe Borelli, a Republican, told Fox News Live, about some of the red flags for the holiday weekend initiative. A new book about Vice President Kamala Harris claims she has, quote, rabbit ears for criticism. In journalist Franklin Fowler's forthcoming book, The Last Politician, Harris had purported insecurity about how she was perceived, Fox News reported. Former Clinton cabinet member Bill Richardson died Friday at the age of 75, Richardson was also governor of New Mexico from 2003 to 2011. This is USA News. 
Have you filed for disability benefits but were denied by the Social Security Administration? Or do you need to apply and are overwhelmed with paperwork? Are you between the ages of 50 and 63 and can no longer work because of an illness or injury? Thousands of hardworking Americans are in your situation. They file for disability benefits and are unnecessarily denied their much-needed benefit check. Call now for a no-obligation, free evaluation. We can help you nearly double your chances of approval and get your benefit checks faster. We understand the physical, emotional, and financial impact. We'll share our insider expertise and help you get your disability claim filed and paid immediately. There is a time limit to apply, so call right now. Operators are standing by to help you. 800-392-1941. It's time to jump back into the political cesspool. To be part of the show and have your voice heard around the world, Call us at 1-866-986-6397. Well, welcome back indeed. And uh, great to hear all of these classic intros and <laughs> outros tonight uh, under the circumstances. What was that hurricane's name? Imelda or Idelia or whatever. The, <laughs> one that, I forget which one. It was the one that hit our... <laughs> A production studio in Florida, anyway. The big bend, I used to call it the armpit of Florida back then. But, uh. <laughs> anyway, it's not a laughing matter. Our heart goes out. We have a lot of good people. Uh, we have a lot of listeners, a lot of supporters in Florida. Uh, and our hearts go out to all of those people who are affected by this. Um, and uh, we, we pray for a very quick and swift recovery. But, uh, Keith, anyway, listen, I again, every time we have Dr. Abernethy on, I have always wanted to ask, I'm going to save it for one more show. When the autobiography is officially published and it's available for purchase, uh, we'll have her back on for a big tell-all. And I want to know what it was like to go to Harvard. We've never even asked, out of all the times Jared Taylor has appeared, we never even asked him what was it like to go to Yale. Yale, Harvard, I mean, and having uh, the very sound beliefs that they have. I think several generations ago it was entirely different from Not, the way it is well, today. Well, certainly different, but anyway, uh, you got a question. Right. Uh, Dr. Abernathy, uh, you, whether it's fascism or Marxism, uh, whatever we're confronting now in public behavior by politicians in power is something new and alarming to us. You know, I would say it's Marxism, you know, Mussolini was the prototypical fascist, and they said of him at least he made the trains run on time. I don't think the Biden administration, uh, you know, that's one of the main ways in which the current regime that's in charge of our nation has failed us. You know, in all practicalities, they are terrible. Uh, Now, what should we do if we gain power? Should we, you know, just think for a moment, what if we had gotten Martin Luther King and Jesse Jackson and put them in jail for uh, 795 years as they're trying to propose to do with um, <laughs> uh, Donald Trump because they dared to have a political protest or speak out about some type of, uh, you know, political behavior like, uh, you know, having a January the 6th protest protesting the validity of the uh, an election? This type of stuff, you know, uh, are we 
Should we come back at them with the same thing they're doing to us? Maybe if we did, they would want to secede from us, and we'd tell them, don't let the door hit you in the posterior when you go. But, uh, but. <laughs> I one wonders if it would work that way. But we certainly have a situation now that is unprecedented for this country, very familiar for third world countries, and we've always looked down on them. Uh, for not having um, equality before the law and free speech. And free speech means um, letting people with whom you disagree have their say in the public forum. So I, I'm just stuck. I think we're all quite stuck. But we do know we want to win uh, in our next election. That's the thing we've got to work towards, winning. And that is the big issue. Who is going to win for us? But see, winning would, isn't going to be enough, Dr. Abernathy, because they want to annihilate us. They want to, you know, wipe us from the face of the earth, or at least our ideas. Uh, and if we win and we just act as if it's the way all elections have gone before we got this fascistic or Marxist regime in charge, uh, it reminds me of the Oscar Wilde quote that he made uh, long ago. He said, in the real world, Goodness isn't rewarded and evil isn't punished. Instead, victory belongs to the strong and defeat is thrust upon the weak. Uh, well, we said they should be. Some... Yeah, well, we've Go got ahead. plenty of people who've, who've I think, uh, and could be indicted for criminal behavior. And there's uh, the former head of the FBI, Comer. Um, and then we may have some things that can be brought against some current people who are high uh, bureaucrats in the administration, maybe even the current FBI director. I think we have to go after the individuals who we can uh, show within the, color, the correct law, fair law, proper law, um, <clears throat> that, uh, they have, that they have committed treason against the United States. Uh, federal officials, state officials, state attorney generals, um, I'm sure there are many of them who can be indicted on something, and I think we should play that hardball. I really do. Uh, as some, some uh, uh, fascist or communist uh, functionary said, show me the man and I'll show you the crime. I think we can... <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think we can put, put plenty of these people who have abused the law, we can find something to punish them. And I think we should. I don't think we should just forgive and forget. I think it's a crime that Hillary Clinton has gotten Amen. away with destroying all of those uh, emails that she destroyed, taking a hammer even to the hardware uh, that had them um, <laughs> saved. So uh, I think that, that there are plenty of crimes committed by these people and I don't think we should we should um, not uh, indict, first prosecute, investigate to start with those crimes. I think that's that's correct. That's the correct use of the law within republic that we cherish and want to preserve. I think, Doctor Abernathy, you're a trained psychologist, or at least you know you've taught psychology psychiatry, whatever, 
can you give us an analysis of what is driving these people to depart so radically from standard operating procedure for government in America? I think there are probably different motives for different people, and you probably know as much as I do about it. I think for most of them who are doing the worst things, it's power. I think they want power. And I don't think that our mindset is quite the same. We have much more of a mindset of live and let live. Leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. We're like Greta Garbo. We We just want to be left alone. Well, (laughs) yes, (laughs) that's about it. And um, they want power. Then there is a part of that. They're getting support from a lot of people who really think the world is perfectible. I think this is a very deep difference between uh, liberals um, and conservatives. I think that the conservative mindset recognizes that people are not perfectible. We are flawed. We are flawed individuals. And that's our heritage. After all, we are all, uh, I hope I'm not offending anybody, but we're all descended from the same uh, source as the chimpanzees, gorillas, and monkeys are descended. That's what I, that's our evolutionary history. We are flawed individuals. We are not perfectible, and our world is not perfectible. Therefore, you need law, and you need to punish people who break the law. You need to um, make people work. They do not live the easy life if they don't work, and I think that is really a guiding principle of conservative versus liberals, and part of what we have to do is make sure we don't forget the punishment part of people who try to um, <clears throat> get something for nothing. Now, that's, and, that's uh, I think, where we're at now, and that's what has made everything so topsy-turvy, as you have... And an the, idle mind is the devil's workshop, as I used to hear when I was a child. You have the people who should be punished meeting out the punishment, <laughs> the people who do not yeah, deserve it. And right. you wrote this... In, your email as well this uh, week, Dr. Abernathy. Americans almost always root for the underdog. Donald Trump has never really been an underdog. But when the force of the federal and certain state laws come down on him, and you're talking about the system here, and many people perceive the charges uh, against him as unjustified or even unlawful and unconstitutional, then he does begin to qualify as an underdog. This, and we were talking about this with our mutual friend Sam Dixon in the first hour, who was an attorney right there in Atlanta, Georgia, where Fulton County lies. Trump's mugshot from the Fulton County Jail may count as the best fundraiser in history. Martin Luther King had his letter from the Birmingham Jail. <laughs> Donald Trump has his mugshot from the Atlanta Jail. Yeah, he didn't make that much money off of it. But this, this is it. This is it, Virginia. Did you ever think you would? I mean, again, you've already answered it, but I'll ask you again very quickly, and then I want to pivot to one more thing before we all too quickly run out of time. And again, you have already answered it, but I mean, did you ever think you'd live to see this in the land of the free and the home of the brave, as Francis Scott Key wrote about? I mean, this, this, where we I'm are now. Shocked. And we're not really ready to fight because all of us are shocked. Uh, we have, I guess we have to regroup and be ready to fight. And, and we want to make sure that our fighting does not 
take us into the gutter along with those people who are just now uh, trying to control this country. We do not want to be in the gutter. We want to beat them. I would love to be able to beat them without getting into the gutter myself. And I think we all have to face the question of, of how to beat them without losing our own souls, if I could use that language. Well, this, this is a fight to the finish. This is not uh, fought by Marquis to Queensberry rules. These people, no, if they get not. the upper hand on us, they intend to annihilate us. Well, Virginia, this is right. it. Well, they, well, there's no doubt about it. And and you talk about this, this weaponization of government agencies, yes. not only against Trump, but also against parents, as you mentioned earlier in the hour, uh, those who doubt climate change, and those who like to, yeah, to undermine ahead. our health, undermine our health with all of these shots. Oh, well, you know, that, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm about to get to that. I'm about to get to that. We're actually skipping the third segment break. Uh, to maximize our time with you, but we're about to get to that, and I, and I want to make a statement about that before we do. But yeah, th- those who doubt climate change, uh, those who like Musk want free speech, you know, except for you know, you know, I'm banned from Twitter. But anyway, I don't even know if he knows about that. But uh, and I'm not the only one, Jared Taylor and others, <clears throat> not just one-sided free speech. David uh, Duke, a lot of people have been banned from Twitter. Also weaponized uh, against those who put America first, the, the the so-called Justice Department or the Department of Social Justice, if you will, challenging Musk because or of space, <laughs> SpaceX hiring practice, which is not hiring. Elon Musk with SpaceX is not hiring anyone except U.S. citizens. He's not hiring refugees. So uh, this is this is where we're at now. I mean, everything is upside down, and I, I gave a talk about it at Amrin. I've been talking about it all summer, and even for recent years of the program here. I, I do think we are reaching a pivot point, Dr. Abernathy, uh, that uh, was not reachable. Uh, you know, certainly not 20 years ago when you and I first were 23 years ago when you and I first met. Not even as recent as as 2015. I, I think we're reaching a point now where we we have a chance or at least opportunities that were forever shut out to us uh, in recent years. Do you agree or disagree with that? Recent decades, even. Well, we, we certainly have to look for every opportunity. And um, I, w- I think we've got to start by winning the election, and that's not going to be easy. And then we have to use the power that we have to punish the people who have abused the system, and they have abused it. And it's their intention to continue abusing it unless they're stopped. Well, you know, uh, Dr. Abernathy, um, see, we were so credulous. We believed the way they portrayed the Voting Rights Act of 1965. That was basically passed into law in order to facilitate voter fraud. That's where all these extended early voting periods came from. That's where the use of absentee ballots without a good reason got established. All of this came in, you know, the uh, came into the tent like the camel's nose in the Voting Rights Act of 1965. And now electoral fraud is standard operating procedure in many precincts, particularly urban precincts in America today. So it's going to be very difficult to have a fair election. Very difficult, very difficult. Um, I don't know anything about it 
in technical terms, but I do think that watching the the um, the machines, the machines can be so easily programmed to switch a vote, and the machinery that we're going to have to use to prevent that <clears throat> to prevent that from happening uh, is is just uh, immense. I don't know if Ronna McDaniels, who's head of the Republican Party right now, is up to it. I hope she is. I doubt doubt that. I think the Republican voter, the Trump base, (laughs) who has, as I I say uh, time and time again, uh, using the best sense of the word, they have radicalized uh, to our positions. Uh, I think they would be up for it. I don't think Ronna McDaniel is up for it or Romney or whatever her name is. But, But this does bring up this does help us transition into what I wanted to cover with you for the last uh, few minutes of the hour. Another hour. I know. You know what I'm going to say before I say it, right? Another hour going by far too quickly. I say it every hour for 20 years. But when Virginia's on, it's, 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 it's always true. It's, it's especially true tonight. But with regards to COVID, and this ties into COVID, and I yeah. want to say this about that. Uh, I, I want to say that I know very good people, very smart people, people who I respect, people far smarter than me and far more accomplished than me who uh, got the vaccinations. I know a lot of people who did not get the vaccinations. My position on that was I'm 40 uh, at the time, 40 years old, now 43. I didn't see it as anything much more than any other upper respiratory infection that one might get during the wintertime and in the winter months. And for me and my young family, a relatively young family, it, it was I wasn't going to I don't I don't get vaccinated for anything. I don't get vaccinated for tetanus. I, I got my childhood vaccines when I was a baby, I guess. But I don't get the flu shot. I don't get any of that. And so I wasn't going to get this either. And my family didn't get it. And we were fine. I think we probably got COVID, you know, but uh, we never got tested for it. And we, we survived, certainly. There was a Congressman Harold Ford Jr., who is from the Memphis area. He served in Congress some time ago. And he's now a co-host on one of the Fox uh, News daytime shows. And he was talking about this, uh, this new resurgence of COVID that's supposed to be coming. This, as uh, we jokingly say, the 2024 election variant that's coming. And he said this, uh, as a matter of fact, he received his uh, original vaccination and all the boosters. They asked him how many times, how many shots, how many, how many boosts? He said, I've, I've gotten seven shots and I've, re- I've gotten COVID three times. And so that, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, but, you know, he's still alive, too. But what I'm saying about that is let that be a, a personal decision that you make with your family. Uh, if, if you believe you're uh, at, at a certain risk, I don't frown upon you for making a decision different than my own. If you think you're going to survive it and, and bear it, uh, as I did, I, you know, certainly join the club. I don't look down on people one way or the other for this. But this is the point. Donald Trump reveals where he stands on COVID in new viral video. This is, again, uh, Virginia, what you sent out this week. And uh, Donald Trump said, now, to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom, hear these words, we will not comply. Here's the message word for word from former President Trump. The left-wing lunatics are trying very hard to bring back COVID lockdowns with mandates with all of their sudden fear-mongering about the new variants that are coming. Gee whiz, you know what else is coming? An election. 
They want to restart the COVID hysteria so that they can justify more lockdowns, more censorship, more illegal drop boxes, more mail-in ballots, and trillions of dollars in payoffs to their political allies heading into the 2024 election. Does this sound familiar? Trump asks. These are bad people. These are sick people that we are dealing with. But to every COVID tyrant who wants to take away our freedom, hear these words, we will not comply. So don't even think about it. We will shut down our schools. We will not accept your lockdowns. We will not abide. He goes on from there in, in typical Trump fashion. But, it, but here's the thing. You know, I think with the first time around in 2020, it was also novel. It was also novel. People had never, you know, really, nobody living, going back to the Spanish flu, I guess, nobody living had ever experienced anything like this. So when you come down with that much hysteria, you know, the lockdowns, you can't go to work, you're going to kill grandma if you go to Thanksgiving or Christmas. Uh, and even then, even with it all being so new, the people who received vaccinations only reached just a little bit north of 50%. I, have, I see a hard time them pulling this off a second time around, but it doesn't mean they won't try. What is your opinion on all of this? And I've, I've talked for far too long. I'll never take another one of these shots. And in fact, I used to take flu shots, but I've quit that too because I don't trust um, how they're constructed. They might have that same technology, the mRNA technology in it that was used in these COVID shots. And now we're finding out that some people, uh, there is an element of risk that was suppressed. We were not told how much risk is associated with these shots. And so um, we've had to find out only gradually. In fact, Pfizer uh, wanted permission to um, keep their test results on the safety of the shots under lock and key for 75 years. And a judge forbade them to do that. And so now at least we know what Pfizer's studies said about risk. And it shows that they knew there was risk. But these young people and men more than women of dying from cardiovascular incidents, trained athletes dropping, our high school and college athletes dropping from heart conditions. That is dreadful. And many people say it is a uh, risk associated with these mRNA COVID shots that has done it. Now, for not to take my or our word for it, James, but I want to mention the name of a of a internist, very highly certified, who refused from the beginning to do COVID uh, shots or prescribe them for his patients. And this is Dr. Peter McCulloch, M-C-C-U-L-L-O-U-G-H. And he talks about the biopharmacology complex. Do you remember when we were warned about the uh, military-industrial complex? Now we're being warned about the biopharmacology complex. (laughs) Um, And I think it's correct because there are billions of dollars being made by these pharmacology companies, and it is threatening the health of the population, and it's making us insecure and dependent on government, which is what they want, what we do not want. 
Look at the timing of it all. I mean, what you're saying here is, is, is obviously spot on. And again, I say to everybody out there, we have a mixed bag even in this own audience, people who never got a vaccination, people who have received all of their doses, people who received one and not the rest, and everywhere in between. So I'm not casting any judgment here, but I, I think what I've seen, though, since all of this first took place is that I, I've seen a lot of people who got vaccinated who wish they didn't. I don't know of anybody that I've personally talked to who didn't get vaccinated who wish they had. But uh, if you go back, I remember vividly, I was at a bowling alley in March of 2020 when I saw on the television there at the bowling alley that the NCAA men's basketball tournament had been canceled. I was like, oh, something's really up here something something big is happening here and then all the hysteria happened and that was of course during the election year and then they couldn't exactly cut it off right at thanksgiving of 2020 because it would be too obvious so they ran it into 2021 and then it sort of all faded away in red states it had less of an effect than in blue states but now and i think it's quite right uh, here, here we are now on the cusp of another election cycle, a presidential election cycle they're trying to bring this back i i just don't know because they didn't reach nearly uh, 100% the first go-around. I wonder how many people are going to go for it this time, but it won't stop them from trying. Virginia, when we have you back, we'll have you back soon to talk entirely about your autobiography. Born abroad. I can't wait. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, I have seen the cover photo. Virginia gave me the honor and the privilege of seeing the cover photo and even asking my opinion about it. Uh, it is something to behold. It is something to behold. You'll see it soon. We'll have you back on. But with a minute remaining, do you think they're really going to try to launch COVID-2 and accept the general public to accept it after what we saw the first go around? <laughs> Probably. After all, <laughs> <laughs> it worked so well the first time. Um, um, but my message is fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. So I hope that more people refuse this time. We certainly are refusing here in my family. And I, I, I treasure my daughter who refused from the, from the beginning. She's a nurse. And we, 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 we've harmed the population with these shots. And we've done very little good. It's clear that the efficacy against the disease, COVID, uh, wears off after a few months. But the harm that the shots do Especially to some people, we don't know who's more susceptible, but plenty of people are susceptible to the harms. Uh, that lasts. I see no reason to take a shot, and I could probably be sued for that, and you could be sued, too, for having me on your radio program. Well, uh, I wait for it every day, Virginia. I wait. To, I told my wife uh, years ago when I started knock this. Knock on the door. The, the knock on the door could happen any time. The only word out of your mouth is lawyer, and if I go away, I love you. Very little to stopping them, but it will not stop us from telling the truth. Dear lady, I love you, and we will talk to you again soon when your autobiography is ready in the coming weeks. We'll be back with the third hour right after this. Love you too, James.